Good morning. What a beautiful morning. And uh, when I came in this morning, I had this big smile on my face. And uh, someone said to me, Dave, you look like you just caught the fish of your lifetime. <laughs> Couldn't be more truth, but uh, to be truthful. Uh, and then they said, well, how come you're not out on the ice this morning? And I said, because God knew I would be up here this morning, and he blessed me yesterday. Yeah. I don't want to jinx those guys that are out there uh, fishing today and, and, and not here in church, but uh, I, I do wish them luck. Uh, well, when Jim first uh, approached me about doing this, I was petrified. I thought, oh my goodness, uh, I can't do that. You know, and uh, I didn't sleep for three well, three nights, and Devin and Henry didn't even recognize me after about three days. But I got over that, and uh, the Lord blessed me, and so here I am. And uh, I want to thank Jim for putting this together, uh, this message today. It's, it's not, I'm, I'm not the message, I'm the messenger. So, uh, and uh, of course, Jim uh, was grateful uh, in helping me uh, uh, gain some confidence and, and helping me get up here. And if I keep talking, he said you have 10 to 12 minutes, and if I keep talking, I'll be down to five, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I ought to try that in some of my messages. <laughs> but today, um, we continue um, in the series of, of messages from uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And um, so, uh, the message is love your enemies. Um, first of all, um, I'd like to read uh, Matthew uh, 5, 43, 48. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, uh, how does one love their enemies? You know, that seems kind of uh, difficult to get to grasp or, or, or just to, to think, you love your enemies. Isn't it easier to love somebody that loves you back? But that's not what God says about it. Well, loving our enemies means seeing them as human beings. To love your enemy means to try and understand them, behave toward them as you would like them to do to you. You don't have to love them like you love your parents or your children or maybe your best friend. Now that, that seems, sounds easy, but it's probably difficult to put into practice. And I suppose in some ways we all have struggled with this. I know I have. And some, sometimes the, in our lifetimes when people do things that are hurtful to us, 
And, you know, those are the things that we have a tendency to hang on to and remember forever. The good things we have a tendency sometimes to forget, but those bad things, those hurtful words or, or events can stick with us for a long time. To put in Jesus' words uh, in our way of speaking today, it might sound something like this. You have been taught that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who are persecuting you. In doing so, you'll be showing yourselves as two children of your Father in heaven. He gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on both the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what reward is that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect and complete, even as your Father in heaven is perfect and complete. There's a difference in, in I know, uh, uh, when you think about this, knowing versus understanding. Many people know the words, and, and uh, even so many other biblical passages as well. But sometimes we don't fully understand it because we try to see it through our modern day perspective. If we could see it through the first century setting along the eastern shore of the Mediterranean Sea, then we could, can more accurately apply it to our lives today. In our time, this is a difficult verse for many people. Like I said, it, it's, it's a difficult one for me. Probably because we have a natural urge to do just the opposite. We don't pray for our enemies. We naturally want to strike back and get even with them. We know that this is not right, but we have that natural tendency to do so. Well, two, two games come to mind. Um, golf and pool. I'm not good at either one. I don't know about you, but... That easy pool shot or that easy one-foot putt offer great examples of the need to use gentle, level-headed skills, not bam bombastic, hotshot, prideful, look-at-me method. The level-headed approach puts the ball nicely in the hole, and the hotshot method results in the total Totally unnecessary loss of points. When it comes to reaching those who have yet to come to faith, the level-headed, gentle approach helps shepherd souls to a saving faith. The second approach, the bombastic, hardcore, prideful approach, which a lot of people take, only creates a barrier, and many may even do harm to the cause of Christ. If we're not careful, this is how we respond to those who persecute us, who say things about us that are untrue, who seem to be our enemies. We have to realize that when people do that, it is they themselves who are actually hurting, probably because someone has hurt them, and then they go on to hurt other people. Hence the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. 
And yes, if we're really honest with ourselves, we all have some elements in this struggle. Jesus says we are to love our enemies. If we treat them well, we show that Jesus is or. This is only possible for those who give themselves fully to him because he, only he can deliver us from natural, natural tendencies. We must trust the Holy Spirit to help us show love to those for whom we may not feel love. So what kind, of, uh, what kind of love are we to have for our enemies? Much has been made of the differences between agape and phileo love, with agape being more of a divine love and the phileo being more about human affection. But here the two terms overlap considerably, and the best understanding of love here in Matthew 5.43 is a generous, warm, costly self-sacrifice for the good of the other person. For that reason, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. This love is further defined by the command to pray, even for those who seem to be so against you. We tend to read this passage while thinking of the persecution occurring in the first century time frame. And it is true that Jesus and his disciples were mistreated. Since this is also prescriptive, not just descriptive, it very much applies to us today. In Luke 6, 27 through 28, the passage known as the Sermon on the Plain, which parallels some of these same teachings, there are two other items listed. And it says, good, do, to, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. One Bible commentary words it this way. To return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human. And to return good for evil is divine. As people who show love and pray for those who are hostile toward us, we show that we are among the redeemed and born again, the saved. We show the fruits of regenerated heart as we travel along the road of sanctification. Much like the Beatitudes from the beginning of this chapter, loving our enemies is a characteristic, a scripture, a descriptor of a true born-again believer. Let's look at uh, math in Matthew 22, 39-40. And it says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great, greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Of these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We are to love our neighbors even when they are hostile and do evil acts against us. Love for our enemies is meant to be also to be shown in acts of kindness. 
Since God can be merciful to the wicked as well as to the just, so must we. We are called to love our neighbors as ourselves and to love our enemies because when we do, we show that God has loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to pay the price we could never pay. He alone provided the only way for us to be saved. When we love and pray for those who persecute us, we reflect God's love for us. That is why it's so important. So let's bring this all into a personal review in which we examine our hearts and our own motivations. Like many of our brothers and sisters and other good Bible teaching churches, we tend to fall into one of three categories. Happy, those who find pleasure and joy. Mad, those who have been hurt. Or mean, those who act on their hurt in ways that go against what Jesus has said here in the Sermon on the Mount. It's a downhill slope from happy to mad to mean. Gravity takes its toll on the slide because our sin nature takes hold and drags us downhill. By praying for others, especially those who have hurt us, we not only reflect what Jesus has done for us, but we will become the happy Christian that we're supposed to be. So here's my question for us today. Which one of these best describes you? A happy Christian who finds joy and peace in trusting God for the details of your life, especially when life is hard. A mad Christian who is deeply troubled and does not find that same peace, but somehow keeps holding on to things that really are not your battle. Or a mean person who may or may not be a believer, who does not love their neighbors or their enemies because you believe you must do the things, do those things, that God, for some reason, has yet to do or chooses not to do. Yeah, I think that last category is uh, a pretty serious problem. And yet it, yet it describes many people who continue to struggle with pride and disobedience, an inflated sense of who they are, and I might add an inaccurate understanding of who God is. Now you might fall in between those categories, but I hope what I'm saying is speaking to your heart. If you're not in the happy category, or at least close to it, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you this morning. As you examine your heart and your mind, I ask you, I ask you to consider what you might need to place at the foot of the cross this morning. What do you need to let go of? To turn over to him. In doing so, to not only accept, but find even, but even to find joy in the reality that he's God and we're not. And if you're seeking revenge, dig two graves, one for yourself. Paul in Romans 12 19 said, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. My hope for today is that um, when we go out of here, that we spread God's love that he has entrusted in us. And I want to just 
say that um, the, this uh, particular, those particular passages really hit me hard because it was so difficult to understand. How, how can someone love a Hitler, uh, a Putin, a Mussolini, and the, and the list goes on and on. So many people have, have been so persecuted over the years. How do you love those people? God tells us how. He puts it on our heart. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we could be together today and to discuss some of the most difficult uh, passages in the Bible that, that we struggle with uh, and we struggle day to day to try to understand what it is that, that God wants us to do. And in, in our human hearts, uh, we, we sometimes have a different view of what God wants for us. But when touched by the Holy Spirit, God will show us the way, show a clear path to the way that he wants us to behave and to treat other people. And we thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us. And just pray that, Lord, that when we leave here today, we leave here with a, uh, an enriched heart, a new heart, uh, that we can look at other people, people that uh, sometimes do things to us that we don't approve of, we don't like. But, you know, there's a, there's a reason uh, why those people do those things. Some, some we understand, some we don't. We don't know what other people are going through in their lives. We only understand what we're going through. And uh, we just pray, Lord, that you'll give us that understanding and that love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus.